Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. What are you grateful for this morning? Well, I tell it in the next segment, so you can't really ask that now. Oh, you forgot, yeah. didn't you? you this forgot, is the delayed you broadcast. You forgot we're doing the delayed broadcast. Yeah, but you always do the thankful thing in the first segment, but yeah, this time you, you did, did it in the second segment because I, did, I had too much to say. That's right, that's right. Dominated that's right. the conversation. You, you really did. Uh-huh. That's the way it should be. So we should all ask what the, you're grateful for. I am grateful that I can dominate the conversation. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful it is the 1st of May. Although... By the time that people are listening to this show, it'll be about like this. I don't know, second of May, third of May. Who knows? Who knows when it's going to be? But you know, if you want to be, I'm just great. Okay, I'm going to let me say this again for the delayed broadcast. I am glad that May has begun. And if you want to be less confused about what is going on with the breakfast show, just jump across to the live show where things won't be nearly as confusing. Uh, you can do that by downloading the TuneIn app or jumping on our website, Faith fm.com.au or you can just give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM and pester us about getting a broadcast to your area. Mm. Yes, that would be the uh, the best solution right yeah, there. Yeah, it really would be. It would be so great if we could just stick antennas up all over Australia and then not even have a delayed broadcast. Everything could just be broadcast live. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, or even just improve all of our internet connections so that the live show could go everywhere. Yeah, that'd be great too. That'd be very cool. I don't know. How, how much more does it need to be improved? I mean, I have friends in South Africa who listen to this. Some of them even called in and won the prize for the quiz last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, our signal currently reaches uh, 6 million people in our population and that is set to double next year. So that's pretty Ooh, exciting. Uh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Good uh-huh. morning, Australia. A big high-power signal going out of um, a major capital city. But I can't say too much about that. Maybe I shouldn't be saying anything about that. We have a great but show. But still, they're still planning, negotiating, hoping that that happens. We have a great show coming The up potential today. is there, so pray about it. Put that uh, I'm going to be talking about some really cool kind of edible solar panel things and a chandelier. Um, edible solar panels that clean the air. Yeah, and Lyle will be uh, discussing some controversial topics, as you know, as we like to do here on this, t- on this channel. Politicians and strip clubs. Yes, yeah. coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's just disgraceful, really, isn't it? I don't even like. I was thinking about it after we finished uh, in doing that segment, Lyle, and I'm like, even just saying the words, "Our prime minister was in a strip club," which is what happened previously. Mm-hmm. It just. It's just an uncomfortable sentence to even think about. The person leading our country. Okay, you're getting ahead Sorry. of the stories here, Mon. Yes, Way okay, ahead okay, of the okay, stories. Okay. You're just letting everybody know what's coming up. <laughs> anyway, Stay we tuned. have those and so much more coming up. Uh, we'll be back right after this.
That was Keith and Kristen Getty with Shout for Joy to wake you up here on this Wednesday morning in the middle of the week. Uh, Mon, time for the first clue for our quiz. What have you got for us this morning? Okay, so I'm keeping this pretty difficult. So this is uh, What City Am I quiz. Yesterday was also pretty difficult, but do you know what? It still got snapped up. Uh, some of our regular listeners doing a great job of answering the Breakfast Bible quiz. It makes me so happy. It makes me so proud when our listeners can just kill it like that. So this is, like I said, a uh, What City Am I quiz. And the first clue is this. Paul cast a demon out of a slave girl who was a fortune teller in this city. Paul cast a demon out of a slave girl who was a fortune teller in this city. If you know the answer, give us a call. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Today's prize is a massive book. This thing is so big. Look at the size of this book, Lyle. It's called yeah. The Great Hope by E.G. White. The Great Hope, really nice book. Uh, it's a revealing look at the battle between good and evil and who wins. So if you want a copy of The Great Hope by E.G. White, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Um, or you can actually text your, your answers, 0491-064-669. If you can tell me what city that is, I will send you a copy of this big book. I'm just going to cost some postage. Lyle is correct. He's written down the right answer for me. Um, it's going to be a very expensive book in the took post. Me a, took me a while to get there with yeah, that one. Yeah, you were sitting there stumped for a little bit. I was just, just, it was Finally one of those ones. Finally away. I could see the ruins of this city in my mind and I couldn't bring the name up. I was like, yes, I've been there. Ah, uh, yeah. I've walked those streets. <laughs> be careful not to say um, it. Um, wouldn't it be great if what's we What's it called? Wouldn't it be great if we could make it all through 2019 without ever giving away the quiz, Lyle? We've been, on, we've been on a good stretch, not giving away the answer. Yeah, I haven't given away the answer for over 12 months. What are you talking about? That's an absolute and outrageous lie, Lyle. <laughs> no, it's you not. You should confess that you just Prove lied publicly. You t- Prove me We have all wrong. our radio shows on archive. Uh-huh, we do. You've given away That's heaps right. of times uh-huh. last year. Definitely in the last 12 months. <laughs> you know you're porcupying right now. There's no hope for you, Lyle Southwell. I have some really cool news, Lyle. There is hope for everybody. Grace is (laughs) available to everybody. Well, I have some really cool news. This is so cool. I'm like so happy about this right now. I like even just the picture makes me happy. I know you were just like um, gleaming there a moment ago, and when I tried to see what the news story was that was coming up, you were like, "Ooh!" and closed the computer real fast. Well, you're not supposed to know what I'm going to tell you, otherwise it's you know not as cool the second time around. Like it's like a joke; you can never hear it, this, you know, the second time and still be as funny. Anyway, 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 
So just the maddest stuff is coming out of innovation at the moment. So scientists are just blowing my mind right now. They have succeeded in developing the world's first biosolar leaf technology, uh, which they're using to cleanse polluted city air with apparently amazing efficiency. In fact, they said themselves with shocking efficiency, which is really incredible. Okay, hasn't this been around since, like... Creation? Creation. Kind of. Well... You grow trees, it takes the pollution away. If you think about a city building, Lyle, right? Carbon dioxide? There's not much you can do to stick a tree on top of a a building, like a big tree. Oh, but have you seen those new buildings they have down in Sydney that just have, like, green over the whole outside? Yeah, they have, like, green panels. This this further utilises that kind of technology. So this... This is actually like, uh, for our listeners who can't see what I'm about to show Lyle, I want you to imagine the solar panels. We all know what solar panels look like on the top of a roof, Mm. but imagine they're completely green. Mm. So that's what they that's what they're calling this bio solar leaf um, system. Okay. So it uses so a green solar panel rather than a no. Listen, listen, listen. It uses solar. photosynthesis to purify the same amount of air as a hundred trees, while taking up the same amount of space as a single tree. That's incredible. A hundred trees in the space of oh. one tree. Oh, does and it make electricity as well? Uh, better. Let me tell you how it does this, right? So it's a cultivation system. It facilitates the growth of tiny plants, uh, such as microalgae, uh, biotoms, sorry, diatoms, and phytoplankton across a large platforms that can be installed similarly to solar panels on the tops of any kind of building or landscape. And so these microscopic bits of biomass then use photosynthesis, as we all know from science, to suck greenhouse gases out of the air and turn it into clean, breathable oxygen. So instead of thinking we need to stick a tree here, they're like, do you know what? Let's get some tiny, tiny plants. Let's get lots and lots of them and let's start cram them in here. That's what they're doing instead. They're going from big plant to little plant, but then lots and lots of little plants. And it's yeah, just working come, phenomenally. Come back from holiday and, 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 and uh, all of your um, solar plants panels dead. Uh, uh, died because... <laughs> no. <laughs> because nobody watered your solar panels. No, so they have a whole system where it's like, you know, self-watering kind of a thing. I mean, it, there's going to be some upkeep, of course, uh, but not so, nearly as much as... But it, it could be solar-powered upkeep. Yeah, but the other, the other cool thing, so this, this has actually been developed uh, as a collaboration between the Imperial College of London and a startup company called Orburia, uh, which caused headlines a few years ago, I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, but it also, this is so cool, it also creates sustainable um, source of nutritious edible food additives that can be harvested and used for plant-based nutrition. So, so underneath all me, that, me, there's like little, little beakers and it's like collecting this like gr- nutritious green sort of juice looking stuff. So let me go and water my solar panel and eat some of them uh, for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Munch on a panel for breakfast. Uh, that's you know, really Mon, that, that does look a little bit reminiscent of what you've been drinking here each morning. I wonder if yes. it tastes any better. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I hope that I'm sure it would taste better. It does. It does collect a green sort of uh, liquid from the plants. That apparently it is nutritious and plant based and totally edible. So that's cool. If you had asked me what I was grateful for this morning, Lyle, I would have told you that I was grateful that I have used up all the rest of that greens powder, and I'm now onto my reds powder, which is like a mixture of berries and stuff. It's much more tasty. So this juice, yeah, I'm yeah, drinking yeah. it actually that, that started actually, off yellow, but so now it's so, red. So it actually looks the colour of, uh, um, rather than green mud, it's now brown mud. It's, it's not really red. red. It's, not it's red. red. It's, it's just brown. It's just very, I put a lot of powder in it. It's anyway. So, it is so, it's brown mud. It's not brown. It's nice deep red. Slight it's a dark red raspberry tint. red. You're exaggerating. Anyway, um, so this company, Orberia, it's not the first time they've made headlines in innovation and uh, uh, combating climate change. They actually made, uh, a few years ago in 2007, 
this is so cool as well. They actually made a living chandelier that uses algae to purify the air of CO2. And this is a thing that your wife and I were having a look at and just being like, that is so cool. How cool is that? It's so Art Deco, isn't it? So it's a chandelier that hangs from the ceiling. It's beautiful. It's very Art Deco, like 1920s kind of style. It has a green tint to it. And they sort of look like very large leaves that sort of go around. It looks, um, what's that? Like a Waratah flower. Like an upside, imagine an upside down Waratah flower. And each but it's of, green. Yeah, yeah, but it's green. It's not a chandelier really. and it hangs from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not really a water at all. And it creates electricity. Uh, yeah, cre- uh, yeah, so just the usual way it creates and electricity. And it creates food. Mm-hmm. But uh, it uses it cleans the air. It uses algae to convert, um, yeah, to, like carbon dioxide emissions into clean oxygen. Uh, so there's 70 of these glass leaves. Um, that, that it's made up of. And it's just so cool. It's just so cool. So this is both of these projects are thanks to, uh, Julian Melchiori. He's a London based engineer. He, he specializes in biochemical technology. And I'm so stoked. You know, praise the Lord for people like this who use their God given talents and their intelligence, um, to decide, you know what? I'm going to make the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you are taking a holiday and you're heading to London, you can actually go and have a look at this algae uh, chandelier because it's on display in the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. Actually annoys me a little bit. I think it should be mass produced and put in homes instead of being hung in a museum. Uh, but I guess they probably it need a lot of money. It looks pretty expensive to, to build. The solar yeah, panels, I would think, would be significantly more expensive than your average uh, solar panel that you put on your roof, but unbelievably cool. Yeah. Um, the the question that goes through my mind is what what how how vulnerable are is this algae? I mean, what happens if you put it in a cold climate? What happens if you put it in a hot climate? What happens if your algae dies? Can you bring it back to life again? Can you flush your solar panels out and realgify them? Realgify? Do you know what? I'm is sure that a word? it is now. I'm sure that they will work out all those kinks. I mean, this is like a, it's a new project. And, and, and how much maintenance out. does it require? I mean, do you literally need to go and water your algae every day or is it just set and forget, put it on top of the roof and have it start cleaning the air? And why is algae so much more efficient than trees in cleaning the air? I mean, lots of small plants compacted in one area, but when you think about the 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 surface layer area of leaves, because that's very significant when it comes to cleaning air because pine trees clean a lot less air than, say, for instance, gum trees do because their leaves have much less surface look, area. Look, well, I'm just going to stop your rant right there, but I'm going to tell you, I think... I have so many questions. Yeah, look, you I You need think, to answer my questions. No, but I want to answer one of them at least. I think the, the problem at the moment with our cities is we've kind of backed ourselves into a corner. We've built all these high-rise buildings and we haven't left enough space for trees. So, like, you can plant trees all you want, we're not going to have enough space to plant as many trees as we need, which is why using micro plants is going to be a great idea because we can shove them in panels, put them on the sides of buildings, on the tops of buildings. The fact that they've come up with this innovation, I think to me clearly indicates that they could come up with ways to maintain it. With it. You know, it's a way to, to flush them out or water them, whatever it is. They're going to figure it out. Like even solar panels need some amount of upkeep. They don't like not break. They're not guaranteed to last forever. So everything's going to take a little bit of upkeep. I think this is a step in the right direction and we should be very grateful for it. This is Anthem Lights. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon the Music, but 
with the Crown Medley, all hail the power of Jesus' name here on Faith FM. What have you got for the next clue for the quiz there, Mon? Yes, indeed. What city am I? Clue number two. This was a Roman colony and a leading city in Macedonia. A Roman colony in a leading city in Macedonia. Okay, so we've got some geographical location for this particular city now. That should narrow it down a little bit. All you have to do is think Macedonia. What are the Macedonian cities that are mentioned in the Bible? And you will be on the right track right there. Okay, 1-800-324-843 is the number. Give us a call if you know the answer. And I can see those uh, phone lines lighting up right now. Our producer's kind of busy taking down details. See if somebody has snapped up the prize. It'd be very impressive if someone got off the second clue. Yeah, because you've got a number of different options yeah. on the second clue. There's yeah. a number of different options. Not a lot, but there is a number of different options. Still impressive. Two clues in, they snapped it. Ooh, that's going to be good. Okay. Mon. Yes. Controversial subject. Go on. Uh, politicians and strip clubs. Yep. Never thought those two would go together so well, but here we go. But this is a part of the life in which we live. Mm-hmm. We had Kevin Rudd. Now we have uh, One Nation embroiled in this kind of uh, situation. Should this be an issue that forms how we vote and why? Ugh, Lyle. <laughs> and, and let me put it this way. Yeah. Okay, so let me give it a little bit of background to this. All right, no, no, give me your answer first. Look, yes or no answer? You know, I first because we had a similar incident with Barnaby Joyce, right? All right. Yeah, we had a similar incident. And back then I was like, well, if he can still do his job, you know, why should his personal life affect that? I mean, look at, I mean, if you look at stuff like Vincent van Gogh, for example, was an incredible artist, but crazy as a mad hatter and cut off his own ear and blah, 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 blah. Didn't affect how well he could paint, right? And then you look at. I can't stand his artwork. 
personal taste. You right have there. just alienated a whole bunch of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I would like to apologise to any Vincent Van Gogh fans. I'm on your side. I love his Not art. My style. Just ignore Lyle. He is a total bogan. He is a heathen, and uh, he will be hung, drawn, and quartered later in the show. Uh, so. I was like, well, you know, if Vincent van Gogh could still produce amazing, incredible um, output and still be, you know, nuts, then why can't Barnaby Joyce? But I don't know why, but for th- I do know why. This one now with uh, with One Nation Party has, to me, is well and truly crossed the line. And I think it's because I have such disdain um, for people who cheat on their spouses. Um for me, it just irks me beyond all belief. But that was exactly the same with uh, Barnaby Joyce. But Barnaby Joyce, Kevin with, Rudd. But he and was, I'm not sure whether I, I haven't, I, I, I haven't, I haven't fact checked this. I haven't fact checked. I don't know whether he's a single man or not. Let's say that he's a single man. Steve, uh, yeah, the uh, One Nation. No, uh, he's married. Okay, and his wife decided to stick by him, um, and he told her his excuse was that he was drunk. But I have actually which seen was, the, which was the same I've excuse that the Kevin footage, Rudd gave. I've seen the footage, and I, I, you can hear him speaking, and he doesn't sound that slurry to me. Well, this is the same excuse that Kevin Rudd gave. I don't actually. I, I must have missed the whole Kevin Rudd. Maybe I was out of the country when Kevin Rudd happened. Yeah, I think you were in the states. Yeah, and um, but with the uh, with the Barnaby Joyce, I think he someone even he was, suggested that it was the uh, same strip club, but I don't know. That that's the oh, truth. But it was the same city. Must yeah. be some famous grotty place. But with Barnaby Joyce, he was already separated from his wife. So, in terms of the world's eye view, you could say that he wasn't cheating because they were, you know, they separated. It's according to friends, they were on a break. Um, but with with this Steve guy from One Nation, like they're definitely married. Okay, but 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 do we do we elect, does that affect their okay? Do poli- we elect politics? I'm, I'm okay, going to say do we, do we elect politics because they're honest? I mean, let's uh, let's face it, the joke often goes around, and it's a very common joke. You know, how do you know when a politician is lying? How do you know when a politician is acting in an immoral way? That's when he's speaking. Yeah. Now, we know that not all politicians are like that. You know, Daniel uh, in the Bible was a politician. He was <laughs> so not far like back that. you have to go to find a clean poly. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> but well, I was trying to find one. You know, the Bible says that there was no fault that anybody could find him, and believe me, they were looking very, very closely yeah, yeah. at Daniel because of um, the position that he held as mm-hmm. an ex-Jewish slave who had been placed in position over the Persians, who were the ruling empire at that particular time. Um, and so, you know, they wanted him out at all costs. I think, I think it should definitely affect our decision-making because if a person is so morally bankrupt that they think it's okay to cheat on their spouse, how can we trust them to not also have that moral bankruptcy when they're making decisions for for the first Okay, but let's say that we've got somebody that's got a great track record in, in, in running the country well and we know that they can do the job. You know, do we elect them to run the country or do we elect them to live by our moral standard? Look, Lyle, if you look at the church system and we have, you know, elders and deacons and so forth, and, you know, in our church manual in the Bible it says we need to elect those people who have, you know, happy, sound, safe families, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Bible clearly because, tells us that there, yes. there's a correlation between what's happening with a person's private life and what's happening with their ability to serve the public. If that's just within a church setting, how much greater should that, that cleanliness of family be and a personal life be in, a, in terms when you're serving the country? Okay, but there's a difference because in the church situation, you're breaking the Ten Commandments, right? Right. And if... You know, Kevin Rudd or He's still breaking Steve the Ten Commandments even though he's in a, okay, in a, yeah, that, in a That's right, but the Ten, ten Commandments the Ten Commandments are not relevant in the in a secular country. The no, the Ten Commandments are always relevant. You can never do away with them. And 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 in a, and, and 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 you know, 
Once again, I think the other problem we, that you're- we all recognise that our politicians are corrupt at times. That they tell us furfies that, and we still elect them. And because, this might not have been such a big issue if it wasn't for the fact that the One Nation Party has such a was, focus on you know, family values. Breaking the Ten Commandments and that's why is illegal Hansen, in the church sense, but he did not break any law of Australia. They he did themselves, not any criminal they act. themselves recognise that there's an issue because even Pauline Hanson fired him. And if she had thought, well, okay, it's but fine, we didn't fire Kevin Rudd. I, once again, I didn't actually, I didn't actually know what happened with Kevin Rudd. No, <laughs> I think it was out of the country. Basically, the same thing. They both, they both claimed they were drunk. Basically, look. With, oh, this is not with us. one we nation. Drunk. Like the reason that she fired him, well, the reason that she accepted his resignation, I should say, is because she um, she, she said, you know, and she recognizes that the One Nation uh, party needs to stand for family values, and they do stand for family values, and that what he did didn't exemplify family values. So whether or not you bring the Ten Commandments into it, that's. That's the issue. And so that even to their own party, they clearly recognise that there's a discrepancy, that there needs to be a correlation between what a person's doing in their personal life and what a person is doing in their um, servitude. And if they're not matching up, then there's an issue. And yeah. you and I have to, we have to play this same game as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, our personal lives come under scrutiny and we need to be careful, you know, what the public sees of us because, you know, even We're though our faces figures. aren't recognisable, our voices are recognisable because we work in radio, which is a public forum. Mm-hmm. So, and you and I know very well the, um, that we need to, you know, keep our act clean. Yeah, indeed. I think that, uh, and I, even though I'm giving you a hard time over this one, Mon. No, I know. I do actually agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this, I think that even from a secular perspective, and let me take off my religious hat for a moment, mm-hmm. even though that's basically impossible to do, um, and put on a secular hat, I think from a secular perspective that we have to ask ourselves, you know, when a politician finds them in this kind of an environment, what does it say about that politician and their values? And the yeah. first thing, the first question that I'm going to ask is what does it say about their attitude towards women? Yes. Okay, yeah. and, and is that then going to be reflected in good legislation um, that they're going to put forward in relationship to women? And both of them are going to say that, you know, this is not me, this is not a reflection of who I am, um, I was drunk. Okay, well, when John Howard came to power, um, John Howard did not drink a drop of alcohol his entire time that he was in, in uh, Prime Minister of Australia. Really? And he chose not to do that because he recognised the danger of mm. alcohol and the danger of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's a very smart move. And, okay, so let's say that we give them a, a, a break because, of the al- because you know, that they, this is not them, this is not their typical behaviour. They were drunk, you know, as they claim. So let's say that we actually believe their claim. Then there's a problem with alcohol. I don't believe our politicians should be drinking alcohol. I agree. I think I think that John Howard set a very good example, and uh, and I think it should become a party policy that if you're in power, you don't drink alcohol while you are in power because you can so easily say or do the wrong thing when you are under the influence. And I think that from a secular perspective, that is just good common sense. Yeah, and I think you know. And then I can put my religious hat back on. Yeah, and say no, this is this is this is not this is not moral. Yeah, look, there's something that I wanted to say in regards to um, the aspect of influence. We have so many people who are famous and who say, "Well, it's my." private life butt out you know i can do what i want and they don't want to acknowledge the fact that with their fame with their public status has come a responsibility of influence like they might be like we know they might hate the fact that they're under scrutiny but that's just what happens when you when you become famous like it's part of the package you can't separate the fact that you will have influence as a famous person and it irks me so much when i see you know actors and celebrities and so forth trying to separate the two 
and not acknowledge they have a responsibility. Like you need to step up. If you're going to be famous, step up to the plate. Realize that everything you do um, comes now with a responsibility that you will have influence. You will have the power, whether or not you like it, to uh, influence people, young, old, you know, the world over with your actions. And I really admire that John Howard didn't drink the whole time because that is an acknowledgement of that responsibility and a taking on board of that responsibility and dealing with it really well. Anyway, we need to move on with the show. Uh, give us a call. Let us know what your opinion is. Uh, this is Alison Brooke with Fools on Horseback. 1-800-324-843 is the number if you'd like to call us. Pressing as of late Who's your favourite candidate? Which front man will prevail? To be quite honest, I've no king And there's no system functioning That proves so much as anything These suits can only
Welcome back to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. We are still here at the beautiful Big Camp, Stewart's Point. Oh, just loving it. I just could... I, I think we should just permanently move up here, producer Shell. I think we should just move the whole show up here. We could just we could just do the show from the beach every day. I oh man, I'm just coming up with great ideas today. I think it's because we're out in the fresh air, in the sunshine. We're at Super Sunday Funday. There are just booths behind us going on. There's the the live music stage is actually right behind us as well. We're just uh, salivating over the beautiful singing that's coming. I think we might have to uh, grab that artist as soon as she walks off stage so we can drag her in into our Faith FM tent and interview her as well. But at the moment, we have Tanya from Restore One. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Hello. So stoked to have you here, especially because you said the word sewing yeah. about 30 <laughs> seconds after you walked into the tent and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, Tanya, what is Restore One? Restore One is an Australian organisation, but we mainly work in Cambodia. Oh, really? I was originally working in Cambodia running medical trips and okay. we discovered a village that was in a very poor state and kids were hungry and there wasn't good housing and no education. Anyway, we talked with the village chief and elder and said, well, what do you want? The village chief and elders said, hey, we want a school. Oh, wow. So that was five years ago. Wow. And, you know, restore one. Uh, so each year it would be one classroom, one house, one water system. Just one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing yep. at a time. Yeah, Don't nice. let it overwhelm you. <laughs> so five years later, we have just opened our preschool. And this year we'll be opening year 12. So we have 500 children that go to school. And I, look, I know that education is freedom. And... Education is where it starts, isn't it? Absolutely. That's where the change always starts. And so for us, we really are hanging out there for the kids, the first batch of kids to graduate from year 12 and go on to be a life with choice. Wow. You know, because poverty is actually so ugly. Poverty for developing countries mean that they're struggling to get food to feed their families. They're struggling to get money in to just live. So often what happens, a young girl will be sold, um, you know, they'll end up in Phnom Penh. A lot of times they end up in the sex industry. So it's just a lot of things we do all at once. So in Phnom Penh, we have a sewing project. That's what we're selling here today and this week at um, online. And so they're tote bags, tea towels, tablecloths, shirts, fun things this for the environment. Incredible. So you guys make all this and then sell it well, to fund the, the, yes. the work you're doing in this village? Yes. So basically the women that make them get better than fair wages. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes. hold on. This is, yes. Okay, so actually the villagers are making this stuff and you're selling. That's so it gets incredible. bigger and bigger. Okay, gotcha. Um, but for us still, we still have a lot of money we have to pay every month for the teacher's wages because sure. we now have a staff of 30. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and it's one of the time and we get a, you know another extra classroom, so another extra teacher each year yeah. or another two teachers. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're up to. Um, in the village, we have nearly 100% changeover from grade 6 to grade 7. And that is so important because so far, if you look at any statistics with developing nations, most kids just happen to get to grade six and there's only you know such a small percentage that go on to year seven so once we work with the village chief about 
getting them into year seven, we then just said, okay, well, how can we keep the girls especially safe? Yes. And especially in the school holidays that are about three months a year or two months a year in the middle of the year. And you will see there these amazing Christmas decorations and they're all done by the girls in our school. Right? I'm definitely going to come visit so your booth. So that way <laughs> they, they make those Christmas decorations. They get paid appropriate wages and they stay in the village in the school holidays. So oh, there's always something new. When we first went there, it was about clean water. So at the primary school, the high school, the preschool, we actually have wells dug right deep and we pump that out with the solar panels in the primary school into a water tank then we go have these magnificent big water filters where the water goes through and they the whole village can come and have amazing drinking water there it's it's, it's just making me so happy listening to you know someone who has decided to let God use her to be God's hands and feet and how you know you don't have to focus on like the whole of Cambodia That's you exactly. just picked one, one village one. restore one and you've just done so much for one village and you know all of us could do the same thing you, know, you imagine if all of us just picked one village somewhere around the world where someone's less fortunate and just went there and you know became Jesus' hands and feet and shone the light of Jesus into into that village you know I feel like Jesus would be coming tomorrow to take us home if, if we were all as motivated and as mobile as you but let me dial it back a little bit. So you said you was originally started going into Cambodia doing medical work. So yes, do you so have a medical background? Then, I'm a nurse. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hated nursing. It was flaming <laughs> awful. And I just want to put it out to all those people that think they're in the middle of a degree, that they think this is so sucky and I'm never going to finish it. But you know what? No education is ever wasted, ever. True. So I ended up working in there and it's always good to have a nurse on board isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's always so, so valuable to have a nurse on board. Yeah. And, um, so you, was this just like a one-off missionary trip that you first went over there for? I, I, originally I went to an orphanage up north of Cambodia and built a school there 10 years ago. Wow. And thought, oh, well, we'll never do this again. And then I brought a building team back and we built a hospital. And then I ended up working for a charity and I stayed with that charity for a couple of years and learnt all about the orphanage system. So we are not an orphanage system. Uh Um, We really try and keep families together, work with families. If a mother has to go and work in Phnom Penh to work, we will talk to the neighbour and try and get the kids looked after that way. It's really important that children stay within their villages if at all possible and Cambodia the government really wants to close down the orphanages that are there because there's 500 of them and a lot of the kids are um, abused in that situation and yeah, it's not always a beautiful it's actually story. Something that's happening quite worldwide. A lot of yeah. our developing countries are trying to shut down orphanages, um, which I guess can be a good thing, but can be also devastating at the same time. I think there is still a need, but it's definitely good that the governments are looking into what's really happening what's behind really the facade of these orphanages. Yeah. Yeah. Look, a friend of mine went undercover. Mm-hmm. into um, one and the kids were being sold at night. Oh, no. Yeah. That's disgraceful. So, you know, we just said, well, let's work with families, keeping families together and healthy and happy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stories like that when you realise how much we have a need of a God of justice. 
absolutely. These people will not get away with this forever. You know, they will pay for for what they're doing. Absolutely, because oh, that just makes me so furious. Um, you know, when kids are in like their greatest point of need to then have like what could only be that the worst thing done to them. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. Um, so you were working for this uh, this orphanage, learning about the system, um, yeah. and then you started uh, Restore, Restore One. One. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's just really great that you were able to really see, I guess, from the back end how these things all work yeah. and then put that and into place. Good. You know, again, whatever place you work at, you learn huge um, have take that as a huge learning experience, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what if, what like what results have you seen from this village that you that oh, you've been blessing? Oh well the Oh, just tell you my latest little project at the school. We decided to eliminate single-use plastic. I said to the teachers, hey, we're tired of being the last in the world to do these things. Let (laughs) Flaming World be the best in the world Uh and the first in the world. So we have just bought um, proper... Tupperware bottles. Oh yeah, and were donated by friends here, and all the kids bought them for one dollar each. Oh, praise the Lord! And it's their Tupperware bottle, and they come in and get beautiful water every day. And then we're eliminating plastic bags and um, plastic cups and all those things that go straight in the bin because a lot of it's just burnt, and that toxic yeah. smell in the village is terrible. It's great that mm. you're teaching them about that. You know, it's that really kind of sustainability. exciting. Yeah, it's yeah, really exactly. exciting. Just a little bit. That's just the one for. This week and this month, it's about um, eliminating single-use bottles. So you will see at our stall there that we've got metal chop, but chop metal straws Uh and the reusable chopsticks as well. Yeah, Um, we've got mosquito netting bags that you can put your fruit and veggies in and then we've got huge big really double layered extremely strong bags to go and buy all your fruit and veggies with so we said well let's not just tell and implement it at our school let's be someone who talks about caring for our environment and our planet that we live in that's the next step in education to be an educator yourself yeah Yeah. i've had to you know i'm the biggest (laughs) shopper ever yeah i've filled up a lot of those wheelie bins but i'm trying not to oh did you see recently they had this thing where you can actually create an eco brick like you know how you Out have of plastic? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get like a you get like an empty um, plastic water bottle or you know like a mm. Coke bottle, whatever soda pop bottle, and then um, if you still have any sort of single use plastic floating around your house, like bits of cling wrap, bits of Glad wrap, mm. and you stuff it in there, those plastic bags, you know, once they're ripped, you know, they're useless, mm. and you stuff it in there, and you pack it in there, and you pack a pack a pack a jam until the whole bottle's like full, and they actually send it off to this place, and they use it to build houses. Oh, I'd like to visit. Isn't that great? For those little bits of plastic oh, that you just can't eliminate from, your, from your lifestyle. Yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. So yeah, yeah. Look, that, look that up, EcoBricks. Yeah. It's really Eco cool. EcoBricks. What yeah, country? I think you can do it worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. Oh, yeah. and you can actually excellent. jump online and they have tutorials how you can do it, you know, how yeah. to build your own EcoBricks at home and stuff. And then, you know, I have a friend who uh, is doing it and he has a, uh, like a collection of uh, these bottles filled up with it. And he actually says it takes quite a while because once you've like scrunched up your Glad Wrap and those little bits of um, plastic and jammed it in there, it packs down so small. And if you're already on a journey of eliminating yeah. single-use plastic, you don't have it much. takes a while. And so he's only got two and he's been doing it uh, for like ages. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's still great to like, 
you know, keep that from going into uh, into 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 the, the um, dumps. But you know what's really great? I think it's really great you're doing it, particularly in Cambodia, because you yeah. know, in any of these developing countries, the pollution is often a massive issue, it's and plastic terrible. just blocks the water yeah. systems, and it's just yeah. So yeah. it's really great you're doing it's it there. Outrageously bad, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Bad. I was just in yeah. Kenya where they've just. Um, made it illegal to use single-use plastic bags and the the cleanliness mm. as a result mm. has been incredible mm. um i think you should maybe talk to the cambodian government and get them Wouldn't on that board be cool? yeah that might be my next goal you next could just month. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you one thing for you next month thing. <laughs> but uh, you could just, just show them the the research results from like kenya yeah. there's a couple of other african countries that jumped on board but that'd be really cool well i think that you know, it's a definite possibility, isn't it? What yeah. we've also done is wax fabric to use instead Ooh, of glad wrap. Yes. So, sadly, we left it on the lounging floor and no! didn't bring it today. <laughs> but it will be on our website. Oh, you yeah, tell yes. us about this website because this website sounds fabulous. So, it's Restore One. That's uh-huh. R-E-S-T-O-R-E-O-N-E dot org. And there's a shop on there, but there's all the projects that we currently, well, maybe not all the projects, but a lot of the projects we, we currently do are on that website. You can come for a trip with us. That's how I get most of my fundraising is mm-hmm. people who come for a two-week trip. Oh, wonderful. And I try and get you to donate uh-huh. and actually give your hands to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. I say it's your time, your treasure or your ta- and your talent. You yeah, know, and nice. if I can get all three T's from you, it's sensational. <laughs> oh. That's great. How, many, how often a year do you go? Oh, look, I usually spend about half the year. Oh, um, wow. And it's back and forwards yeah, to yeah. Australia. I do talking in Australia, talk to women's groups and to school groups. Oh, so we could actually like, get you to come out and speak at different events and yeah. different entities. Okay, yeah. great. So and we can that. find all the information on the website, like how to get yes, you to come out. To ten, you just email wow. me. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And so I always respond to an email, even at night at the end of a Cambodia day in the hot, hot village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So people can jump on your website. They can they can go be a missionary in Cambodia. They mm-hmm. can purchase all these wonderful products, mm-hmm. which I really just want to go buy right now. Yeah. And uh, and they can also just make donations as well. They can buy that. Our biggest, biggest um, expenses, teachers' wages, and that costs us about 10000 a month. So, wow, yeah. Yeah, it's tax deductible. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. For that 10000 a month, there's 500 kids going through school. Wow. You know, so you think about it that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's just mm. changing. It's absolutely changing these kids' mm. lives. Like the the yeah. way, giving them the, choice. The trajectory that their lives are now on mm. is just going to be mm. such a blessing to them when they're older. You're absolutely changing these kids' yeah. lives. It's such a good work that you're doing. Um, so, what's that website again? Tell me again. RestoreOne.org. And that's one as in spelt out. O-N-E. Yeah, not the number. So restore1.org.au. That's really great. And we can just buy stuff on the website and have it sent to us. Come on a trip with me. Have a chat. And I love sharing my life with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to jump over and visit your store here at the Super Sunday Fun Day. Thank you so much for coming and telling us all about great. Restore One Time. I really you appreciate it. Well done. All right, we'll be right back after this break. Let the words of my mouth be pleasing. 
to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it the care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18, Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994. 
3220 or simply email rainnomads at adventist.org.au. Drive 